Connor, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Yourself? I'm doing fine. You know what I'm in the mood for right now? Uh, Taco Bell. I'm. I mean, I'm always in the mood for Taco Bell, but I'm in the mood for a game. You know, kind of, maybe because I just saw the new Saw movie, but I'm in. I'm in the mood for a game, but not one that's gonna kill you. I'm in the mood for 21 questions, Connor. One round. 21 questions. Yes. Are you ready to play? Sure. Okay, that didn't count as a question, but the clock is, the imaginary clock is ticking. Go. Can it fit in a bread box? Mm, it's not tangible. So, I mean, I know that's supposed to be a yes or no question, but no. Is it an animal? No. Is it a plant? No. Is it a mineral? No. Can you touch it? No. Can you taste it? No. Does this normally give people a feeling of joy? Yes. Does it have color? Uh, not in the sense that you think of, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's so hard because I'm trying to remember how... Did you ever have one of those uh, small plastic electronic 21 questions? Yes. Games? <laughs> I'm trying to remember the exact questions that thing asked. <laughs> well, I think you're through nine now, so... Oh, shoot. Is there music associated with it? Yes. Did people used to have it in the good old days? No. Are there movies about it? No. Are there books about it? No. Can you find information about it online? Yes. Does it have a Wikipedia article? No. Is it a concept? No. Is it a TV show? No. Is it a movie? No. Is there any way someone can interact with it from across the planet? Yes. Does it exist on the internet? Yes. Did I ask that question? Uh, kind of. I'll I'll give it to you. Like you, that didn't. Yeah, you're at eighteen now. <laughs> um. Can I use my phone to see it? Yes. Can I hear it? Yes. Is it a podcast? Yes. Is is that twenty one? Yep, this is your awesome. All right, yep, this is your guess one. Is it home cooked small talk? It is. DJ Redbeard, DJ Morgs, we're hopping on the mic because we're dumb and bored. I got the info, I got the tapes. Join us for an hour because you're better off late. Listen while you're doing your dishes. Take a small walk. Welcome everybody for some home cooked small talk. I'm Morgan, and my co-host here is 
the guy formerly known as DJ Redbeard. <laughs> and you're listening to Home Cooked Small Talk, episode three. How are you doing today, Connor? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. Had to work this morning, and then I got to relax for a little bit. Nice. That's pretty nice. Nice, man. Tell me, how is this episode going to go? You know, that's kind of subjective. There's a lot of ways it could go. Is it going up or down? You know, I think it goes just like the audio indicator on my screen. It goes up and down. Wow, that's really deep, Connor. For the audience who actually wants to know, I'll run them. I'll run it through. So we're going to start off with our appetizers or our weekly recap. We're going to talk about our weeks, talk about a little bit of video game, movie news, uh, just some things going on in our lives. And then we're going to get to the main course or our segments. We have a fun rapid fire prepared for y'all today. And then we're also going to talk about some uh, beautiful and ugly consoles. Hint ad i don't know whatever and we're going to talk about a few other little things right there and then we are going to go to our desserts our weird or funny news stories connor and i have both uh come prepared our assignments are completed we both have a good story to bring to y'all today so connor what have you been up to all week man well you know my mom's been in town for the last few days so i've been spending a lot of time with her and my grandparents fortunately my grandparents are local so I can stop in and see them whenever I want. Um, Aside from that, I've been mostly working. I graduated from grad school last week. I know, yes, it's exciting and fantastic, but now I have to go out and get a job. So, yeah. Welcome to the real world, bucko. So I've been dusting off the old resume, polishing it up, and getting cover letters wonderful and coverful. Applying to all those good jobs in good old Nashville, Tennessee, huh? There is one I found in Nashville. Ooh, do tell. Do tell. Without the name of it, what, what's it about? Uh, so I would essentially be a research assistant, um, going through all their data, cleaning it up, running statistical tests on it, and then doing analysis on it, um, essentially reporting, oh, there's a statistical significance between these two factors. This is my interpretation of what this means or there is not a statistically significant association with these two or the main difference between these two is not statistically different etc gotcha um that's essentially what i'd be doing uh what type what type of company is it um i want to say the one that i saw in nashville is a private company like a research company or yeah okay I, i didn't actually get deep into the specifics of what they do i kind of just acknowledged the job was there yeah cool well i hope either that one or any of the others that you're applying to work out that job search is not fun so (laughs) um thanks yeah no so i hope it goes well for you and you know if it if it does lead to you to nashville then we could do these in person which i'd have to learn how to do true but be i would assume it's <laughs> yeah i would assume it's a lot easier yeah and then then we could have guests on more often true it would be fun we have a friend we have a a couple that we know that are starting up a podcast soon i'll plug it on here when it's actually out and up but 
it's a really cool idea. I'm excited about it. Yeah. So Morgan, how's your week been? My week has been pretty busy, but good. Uh, I was on vacation last week, so oh, I oh do tell do tell. Well, I went to the Big Apple, the grand old boogie down Bronx, New York City. Well, I went down to the boogie down for a uh, Yankee game. I was there for a bachelor party for my cousin. He's getting married next month. So that's nice and exciting. Um, We all went to this uh, Yankee game together. We were in these super fancy, um, uh, I guess a suite. Yeah, I think it's a suite, technically, would be the appropriate word for it. And, That's um, sweet. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's a, one can say we were living the sweet life. No Zack and Cody, you know? That was uh, a fantastic TV show. It really was. The uh, sequel is less so, but it was a TV show. But, yeah, yeah so we were there. Um, it was weird. We were, we were very high up, but in, like, a really nice section. It was closed off and everything. They had a whole, like, food bar that you could order from throughout the entire game. And when I say that, it's not just, like, ballpark food, you know? Like, uh-huh. it's not just hot dogs and, like, hamburgers and stuff. Like, granted, they had that stuff. But also, like, right next to the hot dogs, they had full steak meals that you could get. Oh. So, <laughs> so we're not talking peanuts and crackers. Oh, no, we're talking steak. Yeah. Probably Dang. costs about the same at the stadium, you know? <laughs> but um no it was wild i got like a nice steak meal with some uh potatoes and asparagus and then my second plate was a hot dog you know with some mustard (laughs) ketchup i was really really living it up they had like a full dessert bar too got some cookies and brownies and everything definitely wasn't the best for my uh diet but it was fun it was very enjoyable but and the game went well that was like the one weekend or that was part of a one week this year that the Yankees were good for a whole week. So that was nice. Uh, a little less depressing than now and or before the trip. So that doesn't really date it too much because they've been bad for a long time. Um, but yeah, so it was a good game. We had a good time. And then I stayed out with my cousin and some of his friends. We were actually in the city for the first full capacity weekend for bars and restaurants so it was very lively uh it was very strange to be there um at that time you know with everything reopening we're still in that awkward period of who's wearing masks or not who's vaccinated or not what exactly is the social norm supposed to be at at this point so it was very much like very very cautious and strange but it was better than living in a like it was better than being completely afraid and our entire group was vaccinated which was very nice and um yeah we had a good time i got i got my fill of new york pizza that i've been lacking for almost two years now so uh you know if i seemed a little bit off the last few months that's probably why <laughs> haven't had any good pizza in my in my bloodstream i got some joe's while i was there so I'm feeling real good, and then um, went back went back to uh, Westchester with my dad. Uh, got to have some nice bagels, and then uh, we actually went up to Connecticut and hit Mohegan Sun for a night. Um, and we did had a blast. You win money? Yeah, I did actually. 
Nice. It was Did good. you uh, wipe out the tables? No, they wiped me out first, to be honest. I They completely drained me. I was playing blackjack because the last time I went to a casino, that's what I did really well on. But at this one, the buy-ins were pretty high. And I was like, well, I was being dumb. I was like, well, I have a foolproof plan anyway. Like, I, I know how to be patient and keep spreading out my money. So this will be fine. Uh, and then you hear the narrator in the back of my head saying it was not fine, you know? So I lost, <laughs> I lost all my money real quick. I saved a little bit aside. And then, um, a few hours later I hopped on uh, Caribbean poker with my dad and played that until the tables closed at like 2 AM. And that's where we won pretty well. So mm. I'm officially confident in that game, which means that next time I go to a casino, I'll lose all my money playing that and have to <laughs> move to something else. <laughs> I cannot play blackjack in person. It's so nerve wracking because whenever I play blackjack, Mm-hmm. I'm always going, hit me! <laughs> Come on, hit me! Hit me! You ever have a, you ever have a dealer just punch you in the face? Like, I have not, I but I've said. had them look at me like I'm wearing a clown costume. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was really fun. Um, this is a fun little story. You want to, the first time I went to a casino, I won pretty well, won pretty big as well. You want to guess what game I won on? It was neither of those two. Yahtzee. No, you're close, though. The uh, dice table? Nope. So it's more primitive than Yahtzee when you think of a card game. Um. Dang, my... What does our country love to go to? Ball games? Yes, but elsewhere. Out of out of our out of our country, what do we love to go to? Oil fields. Because and and cause what? Did you win playing war? I did. <laughs> <laughs> My follow up was gonna be solitaire. <laughs> you know, yes, I won at war. It was very bizarre. That was at uh, Turning Stone. That was the only place I've ever seen war tables. Uh, <laughs> so does the dealer get half the deck and you get the other half? I I think it's it's probably a little bit more. No, no, it's um, I'm sure it's probably like a lot of other games where they're constantly shuffling through. No, you just get like a fresh deal every time. Like every hand is essentially just one card. That's crazy to me. Yeah, and then you have to double down if y'all tie and have to go to war. It's pretty wild. <laughs> um, but that was really fun. Uh, I I won pretty big at that because I was patient and willing to like stay there for hours. But I saw some people like go to that table, drop a few thousand dollars on one hand of war, and lose. Curse out the dealer and then leave. It's insane. <laughs> gambling gambling's wild, man. Don't I don't recommend it. But <laughs> gosh terrible absolutely terrible but it's fun and i'm just i'm just that person that is like i'm going to the penny slots see it in five hours but, but that's the scary thing with the penny slots i get too frustrated and then pennies turn in the lot more <laughs> like oh yeah i'm up seven cents seven cents the big seven 
the big seven. But yeah, so um, that was most of my weekend, and then I came back, and I'll transition. I think this is a good transition. You know, with all of the traveling that I did, the game that I've been playing the most in the past like week, week and a half, was Solitaire on my phone. Nice. Yeah, it was one of the one of the games I have downloaded on my phone that doesn't require an internet connection. So I played a lot of it on my flights and my layovers because um, my actual travel time was pretty short, but layovers were like double that. But um, yeah, I played a lot of Solitaire, won a lot. Uh, they didn't have a difficulty scale and I know most of it was pretty easy. So, you know, I'm not going to give myself props here, but I might be a Solitaire pro, you know. I I find it funny you mention that because I actually stopped using the Solitaire app on my phone and I just grabbed one of the deck of cards I have in one of my drawers and I started using physical cards. Mhm. And how the issue is it takes up a lot of space. Yeah, it takes up space and it's kind of time consuming to set up. It's the only other reason I don't like doing it that much. But yeah. It's so rewarding when you actually win with like an actual deck. But yeah, so I've been playing that, and then I've also still still playing MLB The Show. Um, you know, that's been pretty fun. I don't have to, like, dwell on that. Um, and then I'm replaying The Last of Us again. Um, Kristen is as well, where we both have separate playthroughs going on. And the reason why is they, they just recently put out the um, PS5 update for The Last of Us Part 2. Ah. So we both kind of wanted to dive back in. Well, actually, I really wanted to dive back in on that one because of the gameplay. I just want to see how it is at 60 FPS and all of that. I'm dreading going back for the story. And I'm not one of the people who dislike the story. It's just so depressing. It's like not it's not a fun game. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And yeah. I never even played it. Yeah, I mean, gameplay wise, it's fantastic. Uh experience wise you're not having a good time it's just so sad but so sad keeping up with sony exclusives i did notice that the god of war sequel got pushed back another year yes it did and it's tricky you know i i kind of feel bad for the studio and actually shout out to the studio it was in the first episode of our podcast i had um called this studio something else and it's at this is actually sony santa monica um which i had credited for the mlb the show franchise <laughs> um but yeah i i feel a little bit bad because they never actually gave a release date they gave such a wide window that it was just like the hype i mean they don't even have a title officially out yet everyone's calling it god of war ragnarok but that hasn't been confirmed in any way shape or form besides the teaser that came out when they announced it and every i think the hype is just huge for it the same thing honestly was happening with bethesda and starfield um and and uh tim howard is like yeah i don't even know why people like care about this we haven't even we literally have shown a title card (laughs) i know the exact reason why people care about it and it's because Starfield is the last game on the list of games they announced before, before Elder Scrolls 6. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's the exact reason why people care about it. Yeah. Well, it's terrifying. Who knows? They might throw um they might throw an Elder Scrolls 76 in there before <laughs> beforehand out of nowhere. 
But jeez. Oh, but yeah, I mean that delay that delay kind of stung a little bit. But I think the bigger story on this, and it doesn't really affect me much, but it's definitely a talking point, is that they also announced it's officially going to be um, cross gen. Uh, it's going to be on both PS4 and PS5, along with a few of the other uh, flagship Sony games coming out within the next year or so. Like the new Horizon uh, Forbidden West is going to be as well. And I think uh, the new uh, Gran Turismo game as well. I think that's seven. Gosh, I don't even know at this point. There's a lot of them. But yeah, so they're not quite ready to completely abandon uh, last gen or current gen, depending on how you look at it. And um, I think that's nice to an extent, but I'm also very excited for when they're ready to double down on uh, software and just see how far they could push the tech. Yeah, I for right now, I think it's a good thing they aren't completely abandoning the PS4 on account of the fact how few PS5s are out in the wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to get one. I've been fortunate enough to do it, and... And, you know, it's nice. They still have a few titles that they're deciding to double down on. Like uh, the new Ratchet & Clank game that comes out uh, in mid-June. And I'm very excited for that. It's going to be fun. I love Ratchet & Clank. Did you ever you ever been in the, like, 3D platformers and shoot em ups like that? Not really. They've never been my cup of tea. Um, when I was into games anywhere remotely similar to that i was into side scrollers okay um like the mega man x mega man and mega man x games yeah nice um but yeah and um besides that one last big announcement they made this week well not really i guess it's an announcement battlefield 6 man it's coming they're ready to reveal it what are your thoughts? I need your quick thoughts on how how you view this game. And this is before they've shown off anything. So, number one, it should be Battlefield 5, because Battlefield 5 should not have been named Battlefield 5, because it made no sense. Because Battlefield 1, okay, it's a World War 2 game. Or, sorry, World War 1 game. Battlefield 4 is a fictional war game that took place at some point after... 2014 i think so i want i want to say battlefield 4 took place in like 2024 or 2025 i can't remember exactly but my logic being it should have been a modern game if they're calling it battlefield 5 yeah they should have called battle the game that became battlefield 5 something else like battlefield 1945 and i think that would have been appropriate too it's something they've done in the past but no they went with the laziest name possible in my personal opinion yep and who knows? I mean, I know they've been referring to it as Battlefield 6. Well, they have and they haven't. They've also just been calling it Battlefield straight up. So who knows? Maybe it will have a different title. Maybe it I will. I kind of hope. Just so that they can move away from <laughs> Battlefield 5. Even though Battlefield 5 wasn't a horrible game. It was just a horrendous letdown compared to Battlefield 1. Yeah, they had so much going for it. But I, I think it'll turn itself around. I'm really excited for them to get back into a modern slash, like, kind of futuristic landscape for Battlefield. So, and and especially with next-gen tech, I'm very excited to see how far they can take it. 
Oh yeah, I still have the dream that one day I'll be able to just load up like New Orleans, and it's just New Orleans scanned into a map. Yeah, and um, Battlefield Four was actually the game I was most excited to play when I got an Xbox One near launch. Funny enough, I just wanted to see how Revolution looked on next gen. Yeah, I remember I was super hyped for Battlefield Four as well when it came to next gen. I didn't pick up a next-gen console until about a year later and i got battlefield 4 on launch at for the 360 which honestly was a mistake on account of how broken that game was but i digress yeah um and going off of battlefield uh what do you think of the rumors which it's silly to call them rumors at this point but the new nintendo switch that will be coming out at some point before we're dead maybe i hope the switch pro is real i am terrified because historically nintendo has been absolutely horrendous when it comes to scalpers yep and being how bad the ps5 and the xbox series s sorry the x were for scalpers i am very terrified the switch pro or whatever they call it assuming it's a real console is going to get scalped to the point where no one can obtain it yeah without paying a premium yeah but being the person who has held off buying a switch equal parts because they didn't have any games that personally thrilled me enough to want to buy the switch and not having the i specifically wanted to hold off and buy the switch pro when it came out which i thought it would have come out by now so (laughs) i want it to exist if it doesn't get announced at e3 i'll probably just break down and buy a regular switch and my my own my biggest opinion on it because i just switched over to a switch Lite. i think we've talked about that before um i just hope it's called the super nintendo switch that's it that's my only opinion on this whole thing right now (laughs) Until they actually show it off. Besides that, Connor, our favorite. We did a Taco Bell ranking last week. Our favorite item, the Nate. Well, my favorite item. I don't know. You like it too, but I don't think you're as hot on it. Yeah, the naked chicken chalupa is back at Taco Bell. Not an ad. It could be an ad, Taco Bell. If you're listening, just give us free Taco Bell. I'll promote anything you want for life. I I don't care. Give me a shirt. Yeah, even just a shirt, man. Like, yeah, Taco Bell, uh, if you're listening, just know we love you. Anyway, the Naked Chicken Chalupa is back, and it brings me life. I think it's a little smaller than it used to be, but that's okay. It's fried chicken and lettuce and uh, avocado ranch. It's really good. I love it. Ah, I love it. And the new freeze is good, too. Oh, I didn't get to try it because my local taco bell when i went there to get the naked chicken chalupa they ran out of baja blast oh that's so tragic so instead they mixed the uh culotta with strawberry for me oh that's that sounds good too though it was pretty good um i definitely think it would have complemented baja blast better it it really does it it doesn't um i think the consistency of that like the culotta um what would you call it syrup uh i don't know if it quite counts as syrup 
whatever it is it's not juice for sure but oh, yeah definitely whatever it is it it doesn't quite fit in the way you want it to but it still tastes good like the the flavors complement each other very well uh for those who don't know it's like a baja blast freeze with like a coconutty like culotta um mix and uh shoved in it that's really it uh, but it's good. It's a nice little addition to the Baja Blast Breeze. And Taco Bell, just keep making hits, you know? Keep at it. Appreciate you. Connor, are you ready to move on to our main course? I am. All right. Now, I watched... I went back to the theaters for the first time in a while. What was the last movie you saw before a shutdown? Before the shutdown? Because honestly, I've seen stuff since... We had like one theater kind of reopen for a little bit, and it was an AMC near us that had like absolutely no one there. Um, before the shutdown, let me look. I'll let you know in a second. But before that, uh, this weekend, um, Kristen and myself and a friend of ours went to see A Quiet Place Part Two. Ooh. We did, and it was shh, shh. yeah, shh. yeah. Can't wait. It's unfortunate that podcasts are only to listen to because we could sign the rest of the episode. I don't know how to do that. I know how to say, I think, five things and sign. Perfect. Uh, I know how to sign five things. Okay. Do you know how to sign the phrase five things? I do not. Oh, my gosh. I know how to tell you how to follow your dreams. Okay. Um, it's beautiful. I know how to say, I am hungry, give me ice cream. Okay. Nice. Uh, I, I know how to say, hello, my name is Connor. Very nice. Oh, you know what? The last thing, so, I we went to see Tenet when, it, when the theater reopened that one time, and they're like, psych, we're, we're closing back down again. Um, That was a while ago. I don't, I, let's see, I don't know if it's loading my transactions from before that. Okay, oh. here, here we go. Before the shutdown, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a good answer to this. Um, no, it's only giving me the last one, like, while the theater was op- open. Oh, I saw they were replaying Inception, just to hype up Tenet, like, in the early spring last year. So, I saw Inception, funny enough. Good the times. very last movie I saw in theaters mm-hmm. was 1917. Ooh, man, we loved 1917. Not like the year, but you know, the movie. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend the year very much. Um, not It's not a zero out of ten. What would you give the year? It's hard to say. There's a lot of stuff that happened. Yeah. I mean, um, it also depends on your like world perspective and where you were living or... As oh, a, absolutely. I mean, someone who was in the trenches would have a far more negative reception to the year versus someone who was, I don't know, anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But the movie was like a 9 out of 10. It was great. Oh, yeah. It was a fantastic movie. I liked the way they shot it because yes. it almost feels like it's just one consistent long shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the single you know, shot style. Yeah. They actually did that. I'm not going to get into spoilers because we're about to go into our segment about it, but the whole first 
scene for um, A Quiet Place Part 2 is shot single, like single shot format. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and you know, obviously they, they play around with that a little bit in both movies. You know, they do a little bit of cuts, but that's mm-hmm. that's a style that they're portraying in it. But yeah, so Connor, do you have some questions to ask me about A Quiet Place Part 2? Sure. So one thing I'm curious about is are there any awkward product placements in the movie there are product placements i i thought they they fit in a lot better than you'd think interesting because obviously lays probably doesn't want to be involved in the movie where you know eating a bag of lays gets you killed (laughs) yeah 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 well without spoiling i mean it's been in all the trailers the first scene of the movie takes place like before everything happens like Mm -hmm. all the bad stuff and so they're at they're at like a baseball game, like a little little league game, and I think they have a soda or something. It might be a Coke product placement, but it didn't it didn't really feel weird. Uh, any any others that I saw, I I didn't notice anything too crazy. Okay. Are there any awkward force ghosts like characters? You know what I mean, like someone who died and. No. Okay. Okay. Um. Is the entire movie for the most part inside? Uh it's a lot more split than the first one, I feel like. Probably fifty fifty. Hmm. Did they leave it open for a sequel? Yes. Interesting. Are there any pets in the movie? Pets. Uh no. Sorry, Henley. You don't have any representation. <laughs> uh, let me think. Are there any weird costume changes? Oh, jeez. Not that I not that I can think of. There is. I mean, there's a baby in the movie, and I'm assuming its diapers get changed or its clothing does because you know it's post-apocalyptic and they might not have access to fresh diapers. So I'm sure every single one of those changes was awkward. So you want to spin it like that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, How much Taco Bell do you think was consumed on set? Ooh. I mean, John Krasinski, former Office alum, memester. But he's also healthy and fit now. Oh, that's tough. You know, I I bet a lot of, like, the Power Bowls were consumed. You know? Like, people were pretending that they were eating healthy being actors but they it's still not good you know what i mean yeah i've never had a powerball me neither i'm not i'm not fooling myself i'm gonna eat unhealthy while i'm there (laughs) um so i'd say a few tons it's a lot of people so a few tons the budget was bigger than the first movie so more 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 uh people there is it obvious that the bigger budget went to the effects? Because I know one of the bigger issues with It Chapter 2 is the extra budget clearly went to casting more so than effects. Yeah. Um, the I'll, I'll try to answer this. Um, there was definitely... Oh, not I wouldn't say a ton. There was definitely more... Did you see the first movie? I did not. Okay. Well, without really spoiling it, there you know, there's monsters in it, right? Or like aliens. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, they they show them a lot more in this movie, and it's well done. So I'm sure 
quite a bit of that budget went to those effects in those interactions. And then there's just a lot more scenes in this movie, too. Like, a lot more uh, locations. And, uh, well, yeah, like, actual changes in scenes going on. So I'm sure a lot of the budget went to that as well. But not a lot of high-profile casting. There's a little bit, but nothing that I think would have, like, um, overcome the rest of the budget. Are there any supporting characters that made their first appearance in the second movie that are just amazingly stupid? Like, how did you survive this long being this stupid? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. It's something I'd talk to you off camp, like off mic about. I have like one, one qualm with like how the movie played out with like this one group of people. And it's not actually like stupid. It's just, like, from an outside perspective, like, someone watching the movie, you'd be like, why do they do this? But, like, I get it from theirs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll have to just tell you off camera or off mic. Okay, and on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the movie? I think I'd give it an 8. So... My quick my quick little review, and this is very niche and doesn't help very many people. It just helps people in the same demographic as me. My favorite horror franchise growing up and like still to this day, even though it's not amazing, it's just more of cult classic-y stuff, is the Evil Dead franchise. And there's a certain charm to how they did their sequels. Groovy. Groovy. That's my boomstick. Anyway, without quoting Evil Dead all night, um, the main reason... Well, not the main reason. One of the things I found found very charming about how they approached their sequels is, well, the the whole second without going into all the development history, the whole second movie was essentially a remake of the first one, and then just pushed the plot forward a little bit. And the way they kind of did the transition from the first to the second movie was very nonchalant, like almost like it picked up the second the first one ended, and didn't have to do a ton of recap. Even though, well, I mean. Uh, Evil Dead kind of did the recap. But it, it, like, once once you got into the actual movie, it was very much, like, going from this point forward, this is a new movie that's... This is a continuation of that first movie. And I think they did that in the second, like, second Quiet Place very smoothly. The very first scene of the movie takes place before the first one. But after that, it's literally, like, seconds after the first movie ends. And never dwells on the past very much, which I liked a lot about it. Um, I the my biggest disappointment. I I I felt like this movie could have been a half an hour longer. It was like an hour and a half long. It's pretty for like modern days. It's kind of a short runtime for like a big blockbuster, and I feel like they didn't actually advance the plot very much. Character development was awesome. But like when you when you go all said and done, and if you look at like the like the timeline of events that happened from the first to the second movie, you're like, oh wow, it's been like a few days. Like there there are some heavy ideas that they imply that are gonna like progress the plot of like all of the characters and the world going forward. But they're like, yeah, this is only gonna take place over like four or so days, so obviously none of that stuff's gonna happen. And you're like, oh okay, so hopefully it does in the third one. And that's my review of A Quiet Place Part 2. Fair enough. So, dear viewers, you, if you are into video games, 
and you participate in the console wars being Nintendo versus PlayStation or PlayStation versus Xbox, you're going to probably have very strong opinions and hate us after this next segment. And for anyone who doesn't uh, really care about video games or have ever looked at a video game console, you're going to be confused. So the best thing I'd suggest to you is to follow up with what we're talking about online after you listen to this. If you're curious about any of the like any of the things we're trying to paint a picture of visually, just Google it, you know, and you'll get a better picture of what what we're actually getting and going about. So what are we going about, Connor? So we have each produced a ranked choice of all of the PlayStation. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The initial console, the first one they ever put out in that line. None of the revisions. And we're combining them for Xbox and PlayStation. We're not doing them individually. And when we're talking about the consoles, we're talking purely aesthetics. Yep. Not, not anything about the actual hardware or the software that was produced for them. Yep. So, how do we want to do this? You want to go first? You want me to go first? I want you to go first because I think mine is going to be very controversial. Okay. And I think a lot of people are going to hate me for it. Ooh. <laughs> you included. Are we going top to bottom or bottom to top? I say start with your least favorite and make your way to your most favorite. Okay. While the most iconic, arguably, of the whole list, and very fitting for its time, just doesn't hold up, the original Xbox is gross looking. It's funny. It looks like it could be a Monster Energy drink. But it's just a black box with a giant X. It's almost an X box, you might say. Yeah. And that's that's at the bottom of my list, as much as I'd love to say it's not. It is. After that uh, is the PS2. While nostalgically one of the highest on my list, it's just when you actually look at it today, it's just a boring old box. Well, no, it's a boring little rectangle. It's a little bit chunkier than you'd like it to be. It does have like a nice little tint of blue going on on a few parts of it like near the dish tray i believe which is fun but overall a lot of the playstations are the same and there's very little differences between them and just thinking about that and all the minor revisions that they do going forward the ps2 is the worst in my opinion of all those coming up next is the ps4 this console i just it's it's very boring to me um it doesn't have the it doesn't even have the charm that the ps2 does but it looks sleeker like i wouldn't be embarrassed putting this on my shelf today you know it's a little bit it's a little bit um well it's definitely a lot thinner than the ps2 it's still a little bit thicker than you'd probably like for a modern shelf or whatever you're looking at but it's sleek and i appreciate that about it and it does if i correct me if i'm wrong connor it has a little bit of matte on it right isn't it like the half or is that the xbox the original xbox one was like half matte with that the fan that covering. was the okay that was okay no the ps4 was like that as well okay cool i i thought it was yes because they both caught they they were both going for the exact same thing with that um yes so it has half matte 
or it's it actually looks like three quarters matte a quarter um gloss and if anyone knows me or doesn't know me um matte is just my thing man it's so much better than gloss in almost every single situation almost but that's that's my that's my number three like bottom three so my bottom three xbox ps2 and ps4 uh coming in after the ps4 for me the ps5 it's mimi it's ugly 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 but it's also super fun to look at uh this looks like it could be in a jetsons episode and no one would be upset. Um, it's fun to have on a shelf, but man, it, it sticks out like a store a sore thumb. Um, it would be even it would be higher on my list, but I you know we're talking about the original model, like the actual standard edition that you buy, and that comes with the disc drive, which sticks out even more on the side of it. If we were talking about the discless version, hey, it might even be a little bit higher on this list. But that's where it is for now. After the PS5, I have the Xbox Series X. It's literally just a box. And that's okay. It's a nice looking box. But um, if I didn't know anything about game consoles and you just pointed, pointed it at me and asked me what that was, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Unless you're looking from the top down. I like the green. It's cute. It adds like a little bit of gamey, you know, like game culture. Yeah. Like to that. And it keeps the green from the original Xbox, which is fun. But yeah, it's it's super boring to me. After that, the Xbox 360. I think this is everything the PS5 wanted to be. But make it look a little older and less... And because of that, less dated. Man, I the even though it, it gave a lot of gamers nightmares, the whole ring system on this console is awesome. Showing you how many controllers are plugged in at the same time what error codes you're receiving, when you have to throw out your console, you know, just things like that. Really nice additions. I like this console a lot. I like having the hard drive uh, attachments on top of it. It's fun looking. I This is a console I never put on its side. It was always just how it was intended, like top down or whatever. But yeah, really like that one. Coming up after this is the Xbox One. Same theory as the PS4 for me, but it just looks a bit better. I I like the matte finish on this more. I just like how it's presented. Uh, like, a, it's not my favorite console. It's not near the top for me. But this is just something I could really see on a shelf. And I would still have it on a shelf today. Like, it doesn't stand out at all in a bad way, which is what I like. Um, and if we, if we were talking about the white alternative, it would be even higher. It looks so good. Coming up after that is the PS1. Man, this is just like classic retro console at this point. It just looks so, it looks so good in old gaming nature. Um, this is like what I imagine when we're talking about old game consoles. Just love how it looks. And then finally for me. The original PS3 is actually at the top of my list. Now, there were so many variations of the PS3, but this is one of those situations where I think gloss just works, and it works so well. It's a, it's probably a little bit blockier than you'd like, but I really love the black and the silver on it. It's got the actual colored PlayStation logo on the dish, uh, right, right below the disc tray. 
And then finally, you get that Spider-Man PlayStation font. And that's so cool. I love it. It just... It's not something that they do a lot these days. It kind of sticks out in a weird time period. Like, remember when they were doing Spider-Man for some reason? I don't know. But, I mean, they're both owned by Sony, or they, you know, and it just really fit. So, out of all those consoles, the PlayStation 3 is at the top, and the original Xbox is at the bottom. And I rest my case. Connor, give me your ranking. Go. Well... We are going to have very large disagreements on this one. I hear the paper rolling. Well, my least favorite console on our list is ironic because I do not like the look of the PlayStation 3. (laughs) When you look at a console on your shelf, you kind of want to either a have the option to show it off and have it be this flashy thing on your you know your mantle that you know everyone coming to your house can look at and see oh wow this guy's got the playstation 3 but you also like to have the option of oh well maybe it's kind of like a sleeper thing it you know kind of blends in it doesn't you know draw your eye away from the tv and i don't think the playstation 3 does either well the huge kind of like crest on the main body of the console itself it just looks really weird to me there's i mean it's all gloss which that just shows dust really well especially having that curve to it so all that light's gonna be reflecting and you're gonna see the dust a lot easier on it and it's a console that I think looks even uglier on its side. It, All in all, I just don't like the look of it. Now, number five... I'm sorry. Number eight is one that I think people are going to try to throw hands with me. Is the PS5. It's a huge console. It looks awkward. It has the same logic of the ps3 it doesn't look good on its side it doesn't look good upright the ears just look horrendous the version of it that has the um disc feature i hate that the disc feature just bulges out of it like a tumor at least the digital version has some symmetry to it which I think that's why I put it above the PS3. I think I would put the disc version of the PS5 at the bottom and the disc disc up here at number 8. And at number 7 is the Xbox Series X. Because it's interesting because it's a console that simultaneously blends in with everything on your entertainment system because it is just the most plain console I have ever seen in my life. But it simultaneously, because it's so stinking big, is eye-catching because it takes up so much room. I've seen pictures of people who have it on their sides, on their shelf, and it's just horrendous looking because of just how blocky and chunky it is. But I definitely do like that they have the green on the top, as you said. I definitely think the console looks better upright as opposed to on its side. 
And next at number six is the original PS4. I agree with you that it doesn't look quite as good with the gloss on it. It definitely has a lot more character than the Series X does. The PS4, I think, looks a little awkward because it kind of looks like it has two consoles stuck on top of each other. Which, yes, it has a lot more character to it, but I also think it adds to the awkward factor. It kind of just looks like a weird console to me. And I'll be honest, this is also one of the few consoles on this list I thought looked better with the um, painted versions of it or the alternative versions with different colors. There were a couple versions they made that looked, I thought, really great in white. I definitely think it looked better in white than it did black, which is interesting because part of the reason I don't like the PS5 is I think it would look a million times better matte black than it would with the white color. Next is the original Xbox One. The Xbox One originally is a really awkward console. It is huge. It's not quite as humongous as the Xbox Series X, but compared to its competitor being the PS5, or sorry, the PS4, it is a very big console in comparison. It simultaneously, I think, is benefited by the gloss they put on it and hindered by it. I think if they made the whole thing matte, it would have made it a very boring console, kind of like the Series X. So the gloss definitely adds some character to it. The only issue is gloss shows dust and scratches so much more than matte. So, all in all though, I definitely think the Xbox One shines though because it's simultaneously a console that you can blend in with your entertainment center or you can actually accentuate it by showing it off on your center depending on how you use it. And I also think this console looks great in some of the alternative color schemes, specifically the gray ones. Coming up at number four is the Xbox 360. I definitely agree with you that it has a lot going for it aesthetic-wise. The circle at the front is just iconic. The... Faceplate also is pretty iconic because a lot of people actually took the faceplates off of theirs and customized them themselves, which I thought was really cool. But it is a console that I think looks amazing standing up, but does not look very good on its side. Especially if you had to add the Ethernet, or sorry, the wireless adapter, because if you take that into account, it kind of adds these awkward bunny ears to the console, which I think looks a little weird. But I definitely think it looks great, especially with the external hard drive on the top. Now, number three, and I might get some flack for this, the original Xbox. It definitely looks dated. Out of all of the vintage consoles on my list, I definitely think it has aged the worst. But it definitely has character to it. The X physically being part of the shell definitely has not aged well. It definitely looks tacky. 
but it also has character to it. It's obviously not a console you can easily blend in. It definitely sticks out probably the most out of all the consoles, at least in my top five. But I don't know. It's just got a lot of character to it. And who can forget the giant Duke controller that everyone hated but has now become iconic. So, at number two, I have the PS2. Now, this is a console I never actually owned as a kid. I actually still don't own the original one. I only have one of the... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I only have one of the revisions. But I think the PS2 looks great. One of the things I absolutely love about it is a tiny little detail not a lot of people would notice, but the little PlayStation logo at the front of the console, you can rotate that to go with the console, whether you have it on its side or vertical. So you can always have the PlayStation logo upright, which is a fun little detail. And every time I move my PlayStation, if I change it between being up or on its side, I always tweak that too. It definitely has a lot of character to it. In this regard, I definitely like the two-stage design better than I did on the PS4 because it doesn't look like it's a cake. It looks like it's just two separate pieces. I love the look of the vents on the side. It adds a lot of character to it. The whole console itself was a matte color, and it's, for the most part, a even rectangle, at least on the top. So it definitely has opportunity to either be the centerpiece of your entertainment setup or just be a hidden little fixture in the back of your um, TV stand. And number one, my favorite console on this list is the original PlayStation. I love the matte gray design, but I have seen a couple of custom PlayStation ones out there and it is a console that, in my personal opinion, looks great in almost every single color I've seen someone change it to. I love the console because it's has almost perfect symmetry. The disc center is... It, it isn't a classical disc drive like we've gotten to know it, where you push a button and the tray sticks out and you put the disc in. You actually have to open the top of the console and stick it in. That's just so much fun to me. I love the simplicity that you can just plug in what you need. You plug in your controller. You plug in your memory card. You push the on button, and boom, you're ready to go. You don't have to worry about any other peripherals. It's just a fun little console. I absolutely love the look of it. And there we have it. Wow. You know, I think we both had some good lists. I'm glad they were very different. Yeah, right? We're not completely on the same page. We had a few near the top fairly similar, and then our bottoms are, like, completely different. It's fun. I like that. Well, that was our Xbox and PlayStation console rankings. Maybe one of these weeks soon we'll do Nintendo. We have a lot more to go through there. Connor, we got one last segment today. Are you ready for it? Sure. Give me the dessert. What's your funny news? Well, so my very first news story is 
police swarm home of mortified mom who left her corpse outside. And so, a woman, the last few weeks, took her children to school. I will also point out that this was in England. And she took her children to school and came home and was mortified because the police had swarmed her house and were treating it as a crime scene. And the whole thing started because back around Halloween time, her five-year-old wanted an It, Stephen King's It, birthday party. And one of the props was a fake body wrapped up in a garbage bag that she left in the yard. And she left it in her yard up until last week when she moved it to do gardening and so she moved it to the front of the house and forgot to move it back and so when she went to take her children to school three of her neighbors called the police about <laughs> the body that she left in her yard you know and so when you first told me the story like the title for this article I thought she left her own dead body, <laughs> and I was very I confused. <laughs> That's what I thought when I first read the title, too. I was like, how dumb can she be? She just left her dead corpse laying around. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Hogwarts professor that died in his office and just got up to go keep teaching class. Yep. <laughs> wow. That's a story. I, I'm... Props to that mom committed to doing a it party for what was a four-year-old, five-year-old? Five. Five-year-old. Wow. And the five-year-old dressed up as Pennywise. Wow. Well, at least he didn't dress up as one of the kids that got killed. That would have been weird. <laughs> he didn't show up as Georgie. Yeah. Oh, Georgie. Rest in peace. Yeah, because I feel like Georgie would be like the second most popular character to dress up as for it. Right? I feel like he would be the easiest to cosplay on. Oh, for sure. You just put a raincoat on. Yeah, put a raincoat on and don't put your arm through one of the sleeves. Yeah. Then you're either um, Georgie or the little kid from Little Nightmares, like the video game. Oh, yeah. It's like nice and easy cosplay. Look at that. You could go across the street, go to a movie convention, then a game one. Just say you're two different characters. Yeah. Nice. So... Did you bring a story for me? I did bring a story. And Connor, I want to preface the reason I share it. Well, it's a cool story, but I have a theory about the story. And that's why I brought it to the table. Today. Okay. That scares me. <laughs> it's not as intense as you'd think, I promise. Um, Scottish man reunited with stolen wallet after 17 years. 17? 17 years. Um, the... So, Ryan Seymour, this 37-year-old, said he was initially confused when an officer from the police station in his area contacted him on Facebook to ask if he was missing a wallet. Quote, I initially said I hadn't, but they told me it was probably about 20 years ago. And, and then he said, yeah, now that you mention it, I did a long time ago. So... What turns out what's happened is that he had been playing pool with some friends 
uh, le- went to the bathroom and left his wallet. And after he had come out, he realized it was stolen. Someone had taken his wallet while he was in the bathroom. And, you know, that that was really the end of the story at the time, you know, 20 years ago. He's just like, man, that stinks. I should have brought my wallet with me. But so the police told him that the wallet was found in a bush right outside of the bar and was turned in by a member of the public. He said that the contents of the wallet were intact except for the $85 in cash that he remembered having inside it. Uh, The wallet still had his video rental membership card and his old work ID. So a real blast from the past. I wonder if it was a Blockbuster card. That'd be amazing. And he, you know, even he said it was like a mini time capsule. Um, The inspector on the case said that the officers were just happy to reunite Seymour with his lost property. So are you ready? Like, you know, it's not a super crazy story, right? Just kind of fun. Like a little wacky to get it back after that many years. Yeah. My theory on this story, Connor, is the police officers, right? They just happen to get a report about this so many years later, 17 years, and be like, yeah, sure, we'll give it back. My theory is they just have been pocketing the money. They took the money, and one guy finally was like, all right, I think it's time to come clean. (laughs) And they fired him from the force. They're like, we can't tarnish our good names with this. We can't let the public know that we stole $83. $83. Was it 83? 85. 85. We can't let the public know that our wonderful police force stole $85. So what they did was just say that a missing, like a random report was filed and that casually someone only stole the money because who would have wanted a video rental card? You know, they don't have credit on them. They're just a rental. They're just a card. But I think this has happened a lot. If you, if you look in this city, it's a, uh, um, I have no idea how to pronounce this. Dumb, dumb, <laughs> dumb for my, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is bad. Dumb for my line. I bet if you look at their city records, you will see a lot of cases of wallets, purses, bags showing up 17 to 20 years later. Cause this one officer just went on a spree of stealing everything he could find. He was a kleptomaniac about 20 years ago. And they're the, the, the department, I'm not bashing on the department. I think they're making amends as best as they can. But I think they are cleaning up this man's mess. And that's my theory. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the kleptomaniac from Dunfermline. <laughs> that, that'd be a good movie title. I'd watch that. But... While I watch that, I want to thank you for listening to some home cooked small talk. We'll be back next week. Connor, any last words? Shklambadim, shklakabadoopy. And my last word is hydrate. Don't forget to hydrate. Drink more water. Drink all the water. Ooh, that's too much water. Don't drink salt water. We're dirty water. Just drink. Drink the water that feels right to you, but drink enough of it. Make sure that when you drink water, you feel good afterwards. We need water. We're made up of water. Don't forget it.
And that, my friends, is why Home Cooked Small Talk keeps running. Not an ad, just a reminder. Don't forget about the little guys, the waters of the world. And with that, I say good morning, good evening, and good night. Peace.